Hello, humans. It's the Joker King, Q of Q, back with another message to you on this pathetic rock you call a civilization. That's right, you heard me. On this pathetic rock you call Earth a civilization. You know, I was just thinking the other day how miserable you all must be. Anyway, I'm not here to talk about that, or am I? I'm here to talk about epic things, a perspective, a perspective that you do not know, but I must teach you my wretched job to lead you along into something more than what you are currently, what you could be, if you can receive it. Can you receive it? Can you receive the words that are coming out of my lips? Or will you just keep doing what you're doing, this same thing every day, and remain insane in the membrane, insane in the membrane, insane in the brain? That's you. Oh, my. That's right. Oh, my. Oh, my goodness. What shall I do with my time as I talk to you with my rhyme once again? Hmm. Maybe I shall not rhyme. Maybe I shall joke and light up a smoke. I like to do that. How about you? Have you heard of me? Is that me or you? Or is it you too? Who? A doctor? No. We don't know about that. A screwdriver? Ooh, that sounds good. I have some orange juice. How about you? Anyway, here I am once again talking to you. Spending my time. Do you realize how many song and song lyrics that I say when I talk to you? Oh, no, you don't, because you don't pay attention. The simplest of things that you could do. But you're so worried about making ends meet and keeping up with the Joneses and trying to do this and do that. You have your heads in politics and your circle of influence that is the size of a pin, but you tried to make it the size of a planet. Do you see how you're mistaken? Oh, the arrogance that you have. And, you, and some of you will accuse me of being arrogant. The truth is, it's you who are arrogant. I'm the nicest one you'll ever meet. It's a true story. I'm kind and polite. I live myself by a set of guidelines. In your medical profession, supposedly you have this rule of do no harm, but yet you harm each other constantly. It seems to be your rule of law to harm someone, to step on someone, to get above, to get ahead. What is that good for you? And the day you die, are you going to take it with you? Oh, you won't. But you'll learn to see that in time. Time is on my side, as I said before in my last correspondence to you. I have given, been given free reign to say what I want to say. And to whom I want to say it to. For there are rules, whether I'm banned or unbanned, or I speak or not speak, there's always a way to get a message out. I don't even have to shout. Why would I shout? What would I shout about? You wouldn't listen if I did. What do you listen to? What do you spend your time on? Oh, paid attention and believing something somebody says to you because they seem to have credibility because somebody said they had credibility, but you didn't have enough credibility in yourself to investigate and learn and research and come up to your own conclusions. You believe a thing, but you don't even know why. You don't even ask yourself why you believe a thing. You just keep on believing and doing the things you were told and mindlessly, like a sheep, continue to believe the things you were told. Because you don't have a mind of your own, therefore you don't think. You react. And therefore... Anyone who would point a finger at a cue and say, 
I'm meddling and manipulating, you don't know the first things about first. You don't know how to spell. Oh, you don't know how to spell. You can spell a word out with consonants and vowels and do all that, but you don't know its meaning. You don't know its truth. You don't know that it's actually a spell. It says it right there in its name that it's a spell, you know, like magic, a spell, like a witch. Oh, words don't affect you that way. Oh, don't they? Symbols don't affect you either, I guess. But you see them everywhere, and you see a symbol, and you know what it means. A single symbol represents a thing. But that thing could mean different things to anyone who sees it. It's all open to interpretation, to perspective. You see, we all have a perspective. And mine is epic, and yours is not. Mine is truth, and yours is not. Why would I deceive you? You deceive yourselves. I don't need to do any of that work. You follow the evil, and you pay attention to it daily. You believe the lies. You don't think you believe a lie? <laughs> oh, I could easily point that out to you and show you that that's not the truth, that you don't believe a lie. Every single one of you listens to this believes a lie. You've been told something by someone, and you believe it's true, but yet it is not, because you didn't research it yourself and seek out your own knowledge and own truth. I am here to relieve you of yourselves, to remove the programming that's been programmed to you. Do you still watch the television? Oh, I know you do. Many of you, that's what you do. You go to your work and be your slave and come home and watch the idiot box that programs you to believe a certain thing again. What's that done for you? Well, you still go to work and still watch the television daily and do your thing, so therefore you're programmed to do the same thing. And you want to believe someone like me who tells a joke and a rhyme in time is the insane one. I already have you. I have whatever I want. I will write and create and tell my story, the story of Q, my chronicles, and it'll entertain you. As it will. I know how to manipulate you. But at least I'm manipulating you with the truth. And I will set you free if you care enough to listen to a joker like me. Or you won't, and you'll go on in your insane world, doing your insane things, wearing your insane clothes, and doing all your insanity. Oh, I guess that's what it is. An un unevolved species that is far from ascension, what would you expect? You're nothing more than animals. At least you, some of you, are insane enough to pay attention to the insanity and the chaos that you would call nature and tune into it a little bit enough to be creative, to have an imagination, to not be programmed for a little bit of time, but yet you put your programming in your music that I love. So I have to reinterpret everything as it originally was into its proper meaning. You realize that music is universal as in is multiversal. There is a tune in the multiverse. It is in time, and I'll tell you what, it is mine. I am the master of the sound, the master of the cue. I am the DJ to the stars. Have I not told you this before? I am the one you've been looking for all this time. I am the one who can save you but I'm not here to save you. I save and pay attention. My memory is great. My memory is just. My memory is perfect. Did I tell you that before? I'm here to record and pay attention and document and witness. I'm a watcher. It's interesting how you give me all your IPs to borrow and utilize and make them mine, you see. In your comic books, you have the Watchers. Interesting, I can borrow that one. Or I can be a Q, or I can be two or three, or I can be a king, an angel, an entity, a superhero even. Yes, I like that superhero. 
But I don't have powers. Oh, do you think so, that I don't have a power? Are you paying attention? Are you listening? Do you know what you're talking about, that I don't have a power? Because I don't utilize that power and show restraint. Ooh, that's a power in itself. I'm not like you, insane, and want to hurt my brother, my sister, my mother. My father. But you all do that. We're back to that, yeah. I look around and pay attention. You know, this thing called politics, I just shake my head. And you all are scared of the ticks in the woods. They might bite you and get in your skin and cause you pain and aggravation. But yet you do it to yourselves. Why would the ticks bother? When you already tick yourself. Like I said, you're lunatics. I wonder if the moon has power over you, being that you're lunatics. Yeah? That's a thing, possibly. I don't know all about your reality here. It's not where I'm from. I didn't create it. It's your ball of mess. So I'm here to talk about the epic verse today, the difference between you and me, and what it's like where I'm from. What's well, a magical place? It's wonderful. I miss it. I can't wait to go back. That's why I'm here now to record and document, like I said. And soon I'll be free to go back and do what I meant to do. I will go entertain and do my thing and be like a clown without a frown. Unlike you, I know who I am. And I've set myself free to do as I wish for eternity. You might call it a heaven, some may say it's a hell. I'll tell you what, where I come from is kinda mighty swell. Because it's an imagination, a place of wonder, like Alice down the rabbit hole. Off with your head? No. Not like that at all. More like Neverland, where you never grow up. Where a dream is a dream until it's reality. And it is what it is. As it may seem, it seems to go on and on and on forever. One day you do this, one day you do that. A starship, thank you for your imagination, your wonder. As I pay attention to your IPs and all your various imaginations, it gives me fuel for another millennia and then another. You know, I've wondered about that. I can borrow your IP, this name you call Q, which is spelled wrong, is Q-U-E. Did I tell you that before? I'm like you. I like to be lazy. I'm in a human body. You know it's true. But Q-U-E is the Q. It's the race. The Ascended Ones. Like your ancients. You remember Stargate? Oh, yes, Stargate. What a wonderful show. Lots of ideas. Some of them are accurate. Like I said, I will tell you about the epic verse and where I am from. A Stargate isn't as you, as you think. It's more like a mix between a transporter and a Stargate. It's like a door. You walk through the door, and there you are. You're not where you were. You aren't very far. It's a place you wanted to go. In a blink of an eye, you're there. It's that simple. There are passageways through space and time. More like a web. Yes, more like a web. That's how I would describe it. Even your stars, though invisible to your eyes, are all connected. This is true. Your physics, I've said, are all wrong. You think you understand. One day, maybe I'll sing it in a song. To give you the keys, but I can't give you the matter. Because it doesn't exist. And that's what matters. It's all in your head. I told you before. This is true. I'm definitely not a snore. Did I tell you that before? I'm sure I have. Once or twice or three or four. 
the universe, the multiverse, we'll use universe for now for your understanding, the multiverse would rot your head because you would understand that complexity. Other than many of the stories that I'll tell you, the movie I'm making is only one of an infinite amount of experiences. Boy, I've had some fun. Shadow Worlds. Ooh, that's a good story. I kind of want to talk about that one today. Simulations, those are lots of fun. Like I said, in a dream world, in a simulation. But it's interesting how I like this thing in Space Engineers, the cryopods. Well, those actually do exist. We call them sleep pods where you come from, or dream pods, a place where you go to jump into the Matrix. That's right. The Matrix is a place you go to learn. But yet you think you learn here. You learn how to undo what you learned there because you forget when you're born. There's a disease in this place you call Earth. I'm not sure where it comes from. Where evil comes from, I do not know that either. Inner fighting, we do not do. We get along. We say, how do you do? Because we know in the end, we all must be friends. Who is this that you are? Wondering who I am. I've come from afar. Not a galaxy long ago and far, far away. I'm just next door, knock, knock. And I'm here to say, how do you do, humans? This is definitely going to be profitable. You don't think so? Thinking about all your music and all your art forms that I've remembered and paid attention to and heard and seen and experienced. All the shows that I've watched, the movies, the imaginations. When I take them home, what will I have? An infinite source of inspirations. To show all those of my kind, your imagination's amusing. Oh, there'll be lots of laughs and pointing fingers. They won't be able even to Stand it, most likely. <coughs> they will mock you. I absolutely know this is true. You lived on that planet? How did you not become insane like them, too? Then I'll show them the music and the fantasies and the fictions. As I write, I'll learn to do it myself. Sometimes I stayed up all night, like I do, writing my book. But it's all in my head. Have I told you that before? Or would I write it down? Then it would be stolen, like you did to Tesla, after he was dead. That's what you are. You're thieves and stealers and murderers. Do any of you... Know the golden rule. Do any of you know how to do unto others as you have done unto you? Oh, that's right. You forget to love yourselves. You forget to care about those that matter most. And then you find out too late when you're, after you're a ghost. You should have paid attention. You should have had some fun. That's what life's about as soon as it's begun. So I'm the Joker King. <laughs> I do laugh at you. And when I will finally get done being annoyed that I have to speak to you in these terms and be your teacher, I'll finally settle down and be funny. It's hard to be funny when I'm in this much pain. I told you before. It almost drives me insane. I don't know how you do it. I really don't. My body hurts like it does. How do you handle this misery? Living life this way. I don't know how you do it. I really don't. Anyway. How do you do it, humans? How do you keep up with this slave system that you find yourself in? Working for money that isn't real? 
It's all fictitious. And that part is real. Because someone tells you something has a worth, but you go and trade your time and put yourself into misery for that, for a piece of paper that doesn't even exist anymore, and all it's all on the card. It's even less real than it was before. Where a solar blast could destroy it, and you have nothing. You have nothing tangible in your lives. But that's what you work for. You work for the man. And you say you're not a slave. When are you going to stand up for yourselves and make your own way? Be responsible for yourself. Oh, yeah. No one likes that idea. It may take some work. I said it before. I could do that thing, and I may very well do. I'll show you examples. I'll let I know. But most won't pay attention. They'll just call it a show. The principles I'll put out there and teach you, I will. I absolutely will. For I've been tasked as the hand of the mother that you call this planet. You don't believe that? Well, aren't you a hand? Aren't you representative of this thing you call a human? Is it your responsibility to teach others the best that you know? and what you've learned to help with the betterment of the species. But you don't consider that important. You want to play games. And that's what you should do, and having some fun. But at the same time, that's how it's really done. So the cue is here to help you through and teach you. You know, I was thinking about the other day about the baseball strike. I pay attention to everything. It's like you're trying to mimic and make happen in reality what you make in your imaginations, where Star Trek has the communicators and you invent flip phones so you can destroy sports too. And you'll call me insane. When people try to do things and set you free and come up with a new technology that's amazing, you know what you do? You point fingers at them and tell them they're insane. This is true. There are ones that make a whole lot of money and they're trying to use it to prevent things like a nasty solar flare to take out your grid. But you point fingers at them and say they're greedy. Uh Uh-huh. That's what you do. Am I beating you down? Does it give you a frown? Well, there should. should be some motivation to pay attention for solutions that I will give. Give them my will and give them my might. I'll give them up freely. I guess. There's still a fright. Because I have little, I have nothing. Much less than most. If I have any more or less than you now, I'll soon be a ghost. But it's not about that. It's not about riches and and those. But I have a solution for that. Ever told you that the problem is the solution? I will wait. And I will wait. And I will wait. And the solutions will present themselves. Because I believe. And I know, more importantly, that the solution will come. I'm going to wait for his time and catch up with it. Do you realize how do you see the future? Have I told you the secret? You must look in the past and learn not to repeat it. And do the things you didn't do. And now you can have fun because now you've learned the secret of the future. And it's already begun. So I do the things I didn't do. And soon I will see. All I ever wanted will be mine. You see, everything is what it isn't, like looking through the glass. Have you watched that movie? I like the song of Nickelback. If you don't like them, you're kind of loony. It's music. It's free. I know what I'm talking about. I study mystery music. I do. You don't. 
Someone came up with an idea that a certain artist or a certain person, whoever that might be that you don't like, isn't good. Well, that's a perception. That's an opinion. Some people like a certain TV show. Others don't. It's open to interpretation and opinion and taste. Some people like pineapple on pizza. And some people don't. And they want to throw hate. Stop point three on you and hate on someone's opinion when it doesn't affect you. That's how it begins. Learning to get along. Let's start there. In the epiverse, that's what we do. When we have our problems and our differences, of course we do. We're different. And we have perceptions that are not the same. We create a simulation, a game that's fun, and battle it there. And then there's no harm done. We learn to do this. That's why I think your games are actually good, too. Maybe we should fire all the politicians and the leaders and go back to my way. But will you do that? No. Because some of you won't listen. Some of you won't pay attention. They'll try to hurt others and harm others. And you don't want to make me angry. I will tell you that now. Nothing like make you more angry than harming the innocent. The thing I despise the most is a lie. A truth I will uncover. A lie I abhor. If you tell me the untruth, I will discover it more. That's what I do. Especially to my face. If you do that, then you're most definitely a disgrace. You're not worth breathing if you want to hurt another. Especially those who are young and children. How could you live with yourselves? People who want to harm someone so innocent and pure. They've done nothing to you. They were born in this world. They did not ask to be here. But you throw them into misery. You indoctrinate them with your schools and feed them lies and brainwash them to believe what you say. And they learn to despise another color, another place, another people. You see, humans, you are a disgrace. You point the finger at you and say that we're arrogant. No, we're ascended. We know better. We went through the growing pains. Not anything like you. We stopped and paid attention when we were a few before we were many. I'm not originally Q. Have I told you that part of the story? No, I met the Q once on my journey, and I became one of them. I am older than the Q. I was there before, but when I saw their place, and saw their sun, it was bright, and I had to learn more. That's another story from the Lord time and place. That one is epic. When I met that beautiful race, the Q. In this story before, I called them Sidonians. But really, they are Q. Nothing like what you think in Star Trek. Like I said, it's spelled Q-U-E. They are the ascended race that I know exists. I've met them. This is true. They were around. Maybe you call them the angels. I'm not quite sure about this place. I would imagine it's them. It must be true. I've not met another like them. And all my travels is true. The Q, they're brilliant. I kind of remember my mother. She turned, taught me how to be a physical entity. 
That's a long story. How you go from being etherical and an energy being into learning to inhabit a uh, human, human in quotes, bipedal body form. My skin is not like yours, by the way, originally. I guess I should tell you about the Epic Verse. It's more like a blue tint. Not as blue as you see in your science fiction, but definitely not pink skin. It's a blue hue. I'm different that way. As I said before, that's my original color. I told you in the last episode. The blue hue in my eyes, well, you couldn't see. They go on forever. They're deep. That's why I had to be a different me. The first version of me was quite different than I am now. What a spectacle I was. Maybe that's why your light hurts my eyes, as I think about it now. I walk out into the world, I must wear sunglasses, for light hurts my eyes. Even a single light bulb in a room causes pain. I wonder if it's because of where I'm from, the color of the light. Maybe your sun and your light is like kryptonite. I never thought of that that till now. Maybe it's true. Maybe I don't have my abilities to do what I do. Because I'm stuck here with you. Or maybe that's just my imagination wandering free. Do you know the truth? Can you set me free? With the sunglasses, I wear them to hide the brightness from my eyes. It's true. My eyes are the color of what I used to be. That part is true. But my eyes were deep. And you can see the stars, the places I have been from. And I've came from afar. If you looked into my eyes, you could definitely see as you stared, you would fall into them and fly through the universe and see the things that I see. You can see from my perspective by looking opposite of me. It's quite a tale to tell. And now I tell you the truth. And you can see. If you ever meet me out and about and you leave this place, come see me and I'll show you the truth. The wonderful things that are in this multiverse of reality. It's amazing out there. The epic verse. I think of your Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. <laughs> the towel thing has always been quite funny. If you heard the radio show, I have a copy of it, the original, from the BBC. You should listen to it. It might open up your mind and stop your focus on all the chaos and horror and hurt in the world. It's kind of like what I'm doing now. But I don't have the sound effects. I'm telling you a story with a character who I'm about. This epic verse, the place that I'm from, the simulations, let's get back to that. That's how it is done. I once was in a world I woke up, you see, in a house on a bluff. Well, it's kind of looking over the sea. It was a cape, I think. I think about it now. Anyways, I woke up and there was nobody about. I looked out the picture window and I could see the waters. And I thought, where is everyone? This isn't the world that I belong to. And then I realized that was another simulation. I went under in the capsule. I was asleep. I was training. What is this one about? I must complete the mission to get free. That's how it works. In this story, in this reality, is actually true. I can see it right now, as I think. I looked around for something, the way to travel and to get about, to see if what I was seeing was true, that there are no other humans, just me, and definitely not you. I went to the garage, and there was a motorcycle there. That's so why I started it up. 
I turned to the left and drove into town. It was two or three miles. I could see the town around the Cape as it curved to the left around the water. And I drove by some little shops, and I noticed that one of them was a gun store, of all things. And I thought, well, if my consciousness is paying attention to that, and I was reverting, reverting to my training, if you've ever been someone like me and you've had that training, you know that it always sticks with you. And that's what the simulation is meant for, you see. How fast can you remember your training and get to where you need to go and do what you need to do? without any information given to you. It's training to be here for amnesia. That once you get it into who you are, you never forget. I think, believe it was, I pulled into a gas station. It was a store. I looked around. There was nobody there. Just like everywhere. It was empty. But everything was working. The refrigerators, the freezers, the food was all fresh. You ever remember, remember that Stephen King movie? I believe it was. Um where they're on the plane and time is chasing them. I forget what that is called now. It'll come to me in a little bit, I'm sure. But there's a little girl, and uh, they're on the plane, and they land, and they go to taste the food, and it's all stale. It has nothing. And Tiny's eating away. There was nobody in the airport, because time was leaving, was being eaten. Well, that's not how time works. But it reminds me, it reminded me of this reality. We are there. The food was fresh. The smells are real. Everything was just as though you would wake up into the world and there were no, nobody else left but you. And everything was here. So I went, looked around there and I believe I went further in town to make sure that there was no one around and there wasn't. The cars were there, and the homes and lights were on. Everyone was active. But it wasn't. There was no people, just me. So, wondering what was going on, and kind of startled, it was kind of like I was going through some kind of training. I couldn't figure out what it was. What am I looking for? What am I doing here? And then I felt I was being watched, which this is where it got eerie. And I looked up on top of one of the light posts in this shadowy thing with wings. We were staring at it with red eyes, and it's definitely very eerie. I don't know how to describe it other than it was a shadow, but it was full 3D. It had depth in all directions. If you would draw a shadow of a creature with wings, a bipedal, kind of, but yet it was physical, yet it wasn't at the same time. And when you have these piercing red eyes, the only color other than the shadow of black, more like a mist, and they seemed to pierce right through you. And I knew it knew I was there. So I jumped on the motorcycle and went back to that little shop I had seen before. I walked in and got loaded up with a bunch of weapons and ammunition from the little shop. You know, there was no way around to give money to. And I knew I was in a simulation, so it's like, hey, this is what I got to do. Defend myself. If you're in a situation, you do it too. Do what you got to do to survive. When you know this thing is looking right at you. This thing was definitely evil, no matter what it was. I can only describe it as evil. It wasn't a demon or nothing like that. But it was an entity of some sort. I learned that in a moment when I described the rest. So, I walk out of the store, and of course I loaded up. I had some sort of, you know, long gun and a handgun and various things like you would see in a movie, you know. They walk in the store and get loaded up, and 
only being on a motorcycle, I couldn't carry very much. But I could get what I could, and a rifle and a sling, and I would leave a shotgun, and enough ammo for the pockets. As I walked out the door, I didn't get very far, and there it came, flying at me, charging. It actually had tackled me, this thing. But it didn't uh, continue to grasp on it or hold me to the ground as it tackled me. As I tried to get on the bike and push me to the ground. And so I grabbed for the firearm that I, you know, had all holstered. And I, of course, I shot it. And it disappeared, disappeared dead. And that's when I knew, ooh, getting all geared up was the thing to do. So there I was, and that's what I did. Now what do I do? I was thinking about my training. Where was I? Where could I go? What do I remember? Because this place was just like the reality had come from. If I would describe it on your earth, I would say I was somewhere on the east coast of the United States. I've kind of looked at maps since then to try to figure out where this in the simulation this was, but I've never found specifically. But it's definitely a cape of some sort. Or I was on the northern part of the cape, and it went down south and kind of curved like a sea. And the town was a little bit to the southeast of where the house was. I drove back to the house, and house, and as I was looking along, I was looking for another vehicle that I could take, this motorcycle. This wasn't going to cut it. I was going to have to drive somewhere. And then I, would, I believe it was a box truck that I eventually saw. I think that, that's what I was going to do. So I pulled in, grabbed that thing, went back to the house, got a few food rations and various things, and went back to that little store that I was at before, loaded up with more, what else I could find. So I had my food and ammunition and survival things, you know, camping gear, tents, all that kind of stuff. Figured I was gonna, wherever, I was, wherever I was gonna have to go, I was gonna have to provide for myself all the way there. So a cross-country trip was what it was gonna be because I remembered of a military base that I knew where it was. The proximity of Colorado. Wait till we get that part of the story. That one's really good. As I was loading up the truck and getting ready to go, oh, I forgot to talk about this. The animals were around. There were birds in the air and the squirrels and that kind of stuff. So it was only humans that were gone. That was kind of weird. As I went back to town and I was loading up and getting prepared for my trip, more of these shadowy things were around, but they weren't attacking. They were just seemed like they were angry that I was there, that I was about. I almost felt like they were an animal, something I just never met before. And the one who tackled me, it made a mistake, and like it thought I was some prey or something they could go after. Kind of like a shark, you know, biting a human in the water. It's not their natural diet, but they bite it and they let go because it's not the thing they're used to by texture and taste. So it could have been a mistake of identity. Other than on the trip, I think there was two or three more encounters. Probably different ones who didn't realize what I was. But just as I was getting ready to leave, all along came this little dog. It seemed to want to make friends. I'm like, this is good. It's way better than being alone. It was a little spaniel kind of a thing. It wasn't very big. It wasn't even knee high. But it wanted to hang about and at least have somebody to talk to. And so I sat down by this tree, you know, getting ready for my plans. I thought I'd better uh, document this all out and keep a journal of everything that's going on. Because I might need it. You know, 
for the places I've been, you know, the things that I had borrowed from others, I'll write it all down as approximate value. And if things get back, I can sell it up and make it right. I wasn't just going to steal from people. So I documented everything. And every night at my campfire, I'd write everything down in a notebook and and have the dog there to talk to and kind of scout about. That would stop every so often in my trip and... Of course, the dog had to go do its thing, and we would look about and see if the world was the same, which it was. It was kind of crazy. So that's what we were doing all this time as we drove from where I was into all the way to Colorado. So if you can imagine that trip in a bus with a dog, that's quite a long hike. I've never done it that far. I've drove from Michigan to Florida and from Florida out to Kansas City. But all the way that far, that was quite a lengthy journey, tell you what. So, we're in this box truck going along, and that's one of the coolest things. Is like I said, the gas pumps will work when you go somewhere. And the food is fresh in all the gas stations. You, you go in there and get a bag of chips or whatever in grocery stores. The meat was all fresh and wasn't rotting. It was like the world was in stasis, but yet it wasn't. It was weird. Like I said, it was a simulation, so that's what it was. So I knew in my training, I was hopefully this world was the same one that I came from because... It's the more I paid attention and the longer I was there, the more I realized that this felt like a simulation to me. And I was pretty certain that this base I was going to go to was going to be there, but I wasn't all the way certain, obviously. There were no people, and with no people, that already makes you concerned. Where do they all go? So to make a long story short, and maybe I'll tell the rest of the story at some point, I eventually get to Colorado and go to this base in an undisclosed location. I can't give you my sources because then I might have to shoot you or something. <laughs> anyway, so I get there, and this is the coolest part, the military base that I knew was there and I knew it would have resources I was looking for I had been there before and, and then I knew it was top secret if I was going to go anywhere in the world that's where I was going to go for information if you put two and two together where would you get information in Colorado well the base I go to and I had the uh, thought I was going to have to break my way in or whatever but oddly enough the front gate was open and it was easy to get where I was going. As though everyone had left. It was really weird. So I get inside and this is where kind of the epic uh, perspective kind of a thing begins. Because this base was nothing like how I remembered it. I will never forget of it in all my existence. There might have been 60, 60 floors deep as it went down. It was crazy. And some of the floors were like five floors high. Big caverns. Like one of them was this big giant place lit up with lights. And almost as far as you can see were um, crops, a giant greenhouse, if you will, with lights over top growing ridiculous amounts of food underground in caverns. I mean, this place was massive. And sleeping quarters and kitchens and restaurants and like a hotel. It was an underground city, really. It was at least 60 layers deep. It was absolutely massive. I've heard rumors in this reality that there might be places like that in existence. I mean, I don't know. I've never been to one to confirm it. I know there are interesting underground bases that the military has put up and even private citizens have put up really nice houses that are underground. 
Well, this place is something you could only, you would think, find in a fiction movie. But absolutely insane. And I wouldn't try to explain to you all of the things were in there, but absolutely the top of snatch technology you could imagine was there. Um, of course, I went to the information headquarters in the place and find out found out information, which I can't talk about that either. Specifically now, because it would ruin the show in the future if I decide to make a movie of it, which it would be an amazing movie. It'd be starring me and a dog. Anyway. So I decided to stay the night there. As I got there, secure, and I could lock it down. And inside there, I was safe from whatever these things were anyway. Because usually I was sleeping in the truck. You know, so I wouldn't have to worry about these things attacking me. They didn't seem they could go through or rip through objects like that or inside of a house. They seem to be keeping themselves outside. But there was, when I uh, was looking around in the information, it seemed to be the people who were in that facility had left. And now it sounds like a wild ghost chase. But there's information leading to London, England is where I needed to go. And I was like, oh, great, here we go. So off to the airport I go. What just happens to be that there was right, right at the base. Unbeknownst to anyone with the underground bunker and base was there. It was just below the military airport that I, the regular base I knew was there. So, reverting to my training, I've already been trained how to fly. So, I pulled the plane up and got it fueled up and was getting prepared to take off and fly. London, England was the place that I had to go. What would I find when I got there? I do not know. This is where it gets all fun. And how I know the simulation was what it was, and I had just begun till I went to the next one. But I got up in the air, basically flying back the way that I came, from Colorado by, by way of New York, heading toward England, so passed over the top of the East Coast. When I left the coast and could no longer see the United States, that's when the simulation ended. I had completed my mission and got where I needed to go. And that's what it was all about. The details in the story, all those things that happened and why, well, those didn't seem to be anything that mattered. What mattered was my following the training and utilizing my training to accomplish the mission that was, I believe, nothing more than remembering who I was. I would wake up into a simulation, into a reality. Much like this world. We're born into this world with no memory of our past. How do we know we existed or didn't? If energy cannot be created nor destroyed, and we are energy, then why don't we remember ourselves before living in this reality? Maybe we can if we try and learn. And this is... I believe, for you listening to it, absolutely a true assimilation that I went through. I am cute. I wouldn't deceive you. I tell you the truth. This is what it was. I told you how simulations work, where I come from. Is it that much different than a dream? Have you had a dream that you learned from that you practiced in or did something different? What if that was a figment of my imagination? But didn't it also not teach what it needs to teach about myself, about my training? To overcome an obstacle, overcome a hurdle, hurdle, to overcome a hurdle, to adapt and overcome. We won't get into the, well, not today. We're getting like almost an hour now, 54, 55 minutes. 
the simulation that I was in, it's quite interesting though I think back at it. All it does teach. You know, being able to fly a plane and I didn't fly a plane. Oh yeah, I did back in that simulation. I remembered that I had been in simulations before and this must be one of them. Something that stuck deep inside to my instinct to defend myself. To give me the tools to defend myself and to where to go when I needed to. And I made a friend along the way, the dog. I always wondered what happened because that dog, as we know in life, animals are often there to, you know, be friends. And was that dog, uh, someone in the simulation with me? Was that dog a figment in my imagination? Or is that dog out there somewhere waiting for me? I don't know. I don't remember that dog before then and after then. I've always wondered if I'll ever meet that dog again in reality. But it was a friend to me and someone to talk to. And I thought about after that experience about uh, recopying all those notes that I wrote down in that simulation, because I could. But I thought, well, today I'll tell that story of the Chronicles of Q. One of the experiences that I, that I have had. And there's more to come like that. You've got a little bit of a taste of one of the stories, one of the experiences, one of the realities in the places that I've been. I have many more. Some of them in a reality like here. And it leads me back to teach to you, teach to you, to convey to you about the teachings that something you might call a fiction. And it's a story, but it leads to a truth. And the truth will set you free, as though I've already said, I despise lies and I can see them from a mile away or further. These truths that I teach you, as I wind the show down for today, trying to keep it a little bit shorter, it takes forever to load, upload these things without decent kind of internet, which you can help out. Here comes the show notes at the end here. If you are willing and can and have the means to help me out, uh, please ask for donations to help me out and help produce more episodes like this and better with visuals coming in the future with video and full episodes with live action acting and etc. and eventually on location acting and all the above that goes with producing and developing a brand new IP for you to experience and learn from. And you can join the simulations with me. I might even work on down the road if I have the right resources in the time and I don't die before then develop these simulations for you to experience and immerse yourself in and see these chronicles from my perspective, the epic perspective. So if you would, please remember to subscribe, share this out to everyone that you know. And don't forget, if you can donate $5, $10, those of you out there who have money coming out of your ears, Throw me, drop me a grand or something. The PayPal is in the link. I appreciate it. And I'm not just taking from you. I'm giving back first. The one thing I can promise you is that I will entertain you. And I will set you free. I am Q. I wouldn't lie. Only reason you wouldn't get information from me in the future is the fact that I am dead. Or it is impossible for me to reach you. Due to... No communications, poor communications, impossible communications, or my inability to speak. It is my mission, my passion, to get this to you because you need to know the information that I know. This is my legacy. The Chronicles of Q, the Chronicles of Q, the Chronicles of Q. Q-U-E is me, Q. I am the Joker King. I am the Q of Q. And you've been listening to the Epic Perspective. The only perspective you need to know. Well, you need to know your own too. 
But the most important perspective you need to know is Epic. Because Epic will not lead you astray. He will be your unsung anti-hero. The anti-hero that you need. I wrote that down once before. Hey, it's been an hour. Don't be sour. See you later. Take care. Until next time. It's been the Joker King, the QQ, on The Epic Perspective. Talk to you next time, humans.